0: Thank you, Jake and Julia. We appreciate that. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Mr. Robinson, how are you doing, sir? I'm a little hungry.
1: It's the end of the day. But I've loosened my tie, undone a button, and I'm I'm ready to dig in and, and answer some burning questions.
0: You look very relaxed. Thank you. Uh, I, I also have a button loosened and my tie undone. But full disclosure, that is the way my shirt has been all day long. <laughs> I can attest I saw Mr. Robinson wandering around today, not aimlessly, but with purpose in his life and his heart. And uh, he looked far sharper than he does today. Now he's got that relaxed, relaxed, cool guy look.
1: I think all that's happened here, Mr. Smith, is you've raised concerns about what I'm doing during the day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's pretend I didn't, I didn't say anything about that. All right. We are here to answer your question. Mr. Robinson, what is our question tonight? All right. Question number one. And if this
1: podcast only has one. <laughs>
0: I was saying, it only has one, but it's still very orderly to have I'm, a number assigned. I'm extremely optimistic. Question number one. Why
1: does Proverbs 26.4 say you shouldn't answer a fool, but Proverbs twenty six five, the verse immediately after it, says that you should answer a fool? This makes no sense at all, Mr. Smith. How do you answer this conundrum?
0: There is no answer. No, there is an answer. That's why we're here. Let me go ahead and read the verses first. How about I read the verses? Uh, you look up Proverbs 26 and verse four, and it says, plainly, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. But then immediately after that, verse five, as the verses are wont to do, they go in order. Verse five now says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So verse four says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Verse five says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And let me say that I do think this is a good question. I have literally seen this referenced by atheists saying that this is an example of a biblical contradiction Uh, the Bible contradicts itself. You can't, you can't trust it. I actually have seen it used in the world in that kind of way, which to me, don't get me wrong. I I try to give atheists a certain amount of credit, right? They're, they're intelligent people, but, but come on, they're literally right next to each other. Do you really think this was a plan? This was some, oh no, what have I done? I've written these two things that contradict each other right next to each other. What am I going to do? The entirety of the Bible is false. It's just a little silly.
1: The worst scribal error in the history. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, I agree, Mister Smith. I I, uh, I encountered an individual, uh, man. At this point, it's probably been eight or nine years ago that I worked with indirectly, and he. We had a conversation where he said, "Oh, the Bible's full of contradictions." Full of con-. I said, "Great, I it's, give me a handful of them so I can know. I'd like to see if I can answer his questions." And I was actually really quite disappointed with his various concerns because it, they they all revolved around really little technical things. Well, here it says a, a a number of something here, and it was just it was I was really disappointed. He didn't get into meaty things like why did God command an entire nation to be destroyed, children, babies, and and animals and livestock. Right, they're really
0: heavy questions. He didn't get into that. No. Yeah, that's something like this. I you you want to ask a person like that. Do you really think like the person who wrote these, which is, you know, Solomon in this case, that he wrote both of those verses and then thought, oh no, if only erasers had been invented, why do I have to be in the past? I'll never be able to erase this. No, the people who have trusted the Bible for centuries, really millennia after this was written knew it was in the Bible, and they weren't bothered by it because they got the point. Which does bring us to, then what is the point? If this isn't some kind of biblical contradiction, then how does it make sense to say, do not answer a fool according to his folly, and then right after that, say answer a fool according to his folly? you have any uh, thoughts, Mr. Robinson?
1: You know, what's interesting about this one is <clears throat> I was only only vaguely aware of this, as strange as that sounds growing up in the church, I, I'd heard that there's some difficult proverbs out there, and then they sound like they contradict them. And and somebody I remember roughly um, summarizing this one one time, but I was at the early years of my life where I wasn't overly concerned about this apparent paradox that's in the Bible. I was busy playing basketball. They weren't plaguing
0: night. you from birth. They were not uh, plaguing They're me. Mr. Robinson. Okay.
1: So my first real encounter with it in some ways was going through Mr. Owen's Bible study that he, had, he had, had recorded, I think, in, in Dallas and uh, primarily, and he, and it was transcribed. And I'm going through it, and I'm just going through the Proverbs section, and he reads this and stops and highlights exactly why people have a question for this. And when he had the answer, it immediately made sense to me. Um, more or less, what's being prehen- uh, presented here is not really a contradiction at all, at all though it certainly seems that way. It's more of a, of a kind of a clarifying thing. It's a, it's a choice that's going to have to be made. A judgment's going to have to be made. And so I, I would I would answer what the first one means and then what the second one means. I would actually separate them as ironic as that sounds. So what's the implication with the first one and then what's the implication with the second one? I'll just say for example, you know, can you reason with the unreasonable? Hmm. And, and that's kind of the the thought there in the first one. That, you know, if you're if you're dealing with somebody who's who's Clearly foolish. So they're just kind of babbling along. Maybe even there's a group of people around that are kind of rolling their eyes because this guy's just spouting all kinds of stuff. Um, You're not going to change anything by trying to argue with him and change Mm. his point of view. If he's just an unreasonable individual, if he's just a a foolish individual, engaging with him isn't going to accomplish anything.
0: Right. Right. You know, one of the things I, I do like about the Proverbs, among many things, is they really are are practical. When the boys were growing up, we used to do the thing where we would read a, a chapter a day uh, around breakfast time. We would just take turns, and the boys would argue about whose turn it was. And we would go through, and it just highlighted to me, in a way that you don't always get highlighted unless you spend some time in the Proverbs, how practical they are. They're really about daily life and daily living. And, and they're not, they're not just theoretical. They're really about the real concerns you face day to day. And they present real scenarios. And it, I know in my life, this is what I have seen is there are times when it is wise to answer someone. You do want to answer a fool according to his folly. And there's other times where it's completely foolish to do so. And it really does boil down. And I think this is what you were highlighting too, that it's a matter of the consequences, and you have to make a judgment. And what Solomon is doing here is highlighting for you if you do in these cases, this is what can be the case. And if you do in these other cases, this is what can be the case. I think Facebook or social media is a good mm-hmm. example where people get in all these food fights on that's one thing Mr. Weston calls them food fights. And I always thought that was a great descriptor because they just do seem like food fights where people are just going back and forth, and you realize literally nobody is convincing yes. anybody. Yep. And by jumping in. To that food fight, not only will I convince no one of of what the truth of the matter is, but I myself am going to look like a food fight participant. I'm just going to look like I'm I'm just another slub throwing pies and you know throwing cheese or I don't know what people throw at food fights, but I would be debasing myself like everybody else. At the same time, there are those times when someone is holding court. And they feel there's no opposition to them whatsoever. And everyone else is just kind of agreeing, or they're kind of lost. And there is a time when you realize either this person might at least realize that he doesn't have a lock on the truth that he thinks he does, mm-hmm. or perhaps others truly could be benefited, that people will see, oh, wait, you know, actually, there is another side that this person. Or that that hasn't been presented that others haven't considered in the food fight scenarios, even the part even the uh, observers don't necessarily they're just there for the fight. They're not actually they're not learning anything from it. And so it's really a matter of trying to present both cases to help you judge when should I do one and when should I do the other? you, you know it, it
1: as you described it, it reminds me, and I probably won't I probably won't cite it exactly correctly, but that old that old saying it's like a Never, never wrestle with a pig. He'll, he'll, you. You'll both get muddy, and he'll enjoy it. <laughs> and I think that's actually a, a, not a bad one for the idea of engaging somebody who's just spouting foolishness. And the social media is one of one of the greatest ones, greatest examples out there. Because, I mean, I've heard people very sincerely say, "Ah, oh, look, we're just trying to have a conversation." And I and I think this is this is not a conversation. This right. is entertainment, as you said, onlookers. And and you're not going to change anybody's mind. So. And one of the things I learned, I think this is also a great example, you know, I appreciated what you said about just the stark wisdom of the Proverbs, uh, you know, the lessons I've learned, you know, the Proverbs isn't always saying something's right or wrong, but this is the way it is. For example, you know... If you anger somebody who has a lot of power and authority like the king, you're just kind of an idiot. <laughs> and he's not saying that that's right, you, you know, but, you know, be careful with, with who you antagonize is part of the idea in there.
0: Yeah. Like it's just telling you, you know, sometimes there might be a time to do it, but here's what's going to happen if you do that. You know, that's just the way the world works. And sometimes you do make the call and realize, okay, it's time for me to anger the king. And yet... The Proverbs are still true about the consequences in a case like that. Yes. Okay.
1: You know, I, another thing that really helped me with this, and I, I would encourage anybody when you run into something like this, that this doesn't quite make sense. Maybe you even think it, contra- maybe not this clearly where they're side by side. Well, this sounds like it might contradict something else in the Bible. One of the first things I do is start going through and seeing what the Bible has to say on that topic. Hmm. And Proverbs is filled with discussion about the fool right. and his various character attributes. And so, you know, when I went through and studied it, you know, I have just a handful of of, um, of scriptures I pulled together, real short, real simple, that describe the fool and why engaging with them in many cases, I would argue probably, probably 90% of the time, you're not going to want to to get roll up your sleeves and like really weigh in with somebody who's just spouting foolish talk.
0: So you're saying when you when you learn to recognize a fool biblically, there's not going to be anything attractive about that conversation. Yes. When you get- so
1: you know, for example, why why this really up front, and, and I would almost say, Dio, that might be too strong, you know, this is this very clear, do not answer a fool according to his folly. You right. know, then, then then it's lest you be like him. You know, I think the idea there is kind of like, you just start looking foolish too, as you argue back and forth with this unreasonable pers- person. And here's the way, a couple of other scriptures I pulled together about the, the, the fool that really sheds light on him and why you don't. So for example, um, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So you you can come in with all kinds of wise things to tell them. They're not interested in hearing it. Here's here's another great one. Let a a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Because there's a certain revelry in holding court and being foolish, apparently.
0: You can't read that verse and think, yeah, I think I'll get into an argument with a fool someday. Uh, That's really plain. Who actually wants to do the one? And he's actually saying... Yeah, you you'd be in a better case thrown into the zoo with this uh, raving mad animal, or whatever, than actually get caught up in a fool and his and his and what he's doing with life.
1: One more: Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, so the, here, here's what I, I I here's the this is my own personal evaluative process, and Mr. Smith, you, you let me know what you think about it, and what maybe you could shed some light on yours. So, when I, in general, when I'm in a situation where you could weigh in or you could comment on something, you have to decide if it's worth it to engage in the fool. And so, for example, if you know that this is just going to turn into an argument and be pointless, of no value, then in general, I'm not going to. Now, where where I I start to weigh in is if let let's say let's say you were there's a, a let's say we're not online. Let's say there's Four or five, six people around, and they're a little younger, a little less wisdom, a little more naive. Maybe somebody who's a little bit older that maybe is looked up to in some ways. Okay. And he starts going on about something, and you're standing there hearing foolishness pour forth from his mouth. You're like, that's right. ridiculous. It's not like that at all. And you see them actually starting to sway people in a, in a direction that, mm. that's bad, um, influencing them, giving them bad instruction. And I have done this at times because in general, like I said, I really do like to restrain myself and and not weigh in because I've done it plenty in the past. And let's just say that the Proverbs
0: were (laughs) were correct with their admonition. Uh, What? Shocker.
1: But even if there's going to be some contentiousness over it, you can't sit idly by while younger people or even just newer people, maybe they're just newer to the church, Mm -hmm. is led astray by somebody who's just pouring forth foolishness. So that's where I'll step in and say you know, something like, listen, come on, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, that's not, that's not true. You're, you're taking that too far. You're exaggerating, whatever. I I don't.
0: Right. You're not including all these factors that, that would, that would make, that would make it plain. What you're saying is completely not right. Exactly. Right.
1: So those are the times I weigh in and that's why I think God put this in there, posited it next to each other. And Mr. Ogwin was spot on correct. And and I'm, you know, he's not the first one. It's just the first thing I read. You have to make a choice. Most of the time, you're not going to want to do this, and that thats the smart play. But every once in a while, there's some circumstances going on where if you don't say anything, especially mm. you might even if you feel like you're going to regret it later, and, and you you see how it turned out, and somebody right. was influenced negatively. So anyway, that's that's the process I go by when I try to evaluate whether I want to weigh in or not. But you know, there's a couple of different ways of looking at it.
0: Yeah, I, that actually is is really helpful in clarifying. It does seem to me that this really is what the Bible is doing here is giving you advice. You have a choice here and you've just tried to. You got to weigh those options in particular. I like what you put across. That's probably the times I have felt most compelled when I see people listening to someone and you realize they're about to walk away and that's the only influence they've had. And they actually think this guy is right or this gal, you know, that's certainly possible. Um, and so you feel an obligation to jump in and say something lest they walk away and think, oh, boy, that makes a lot of sense. But there are those times when you recognize, and I believe our listeners, if they evaluate themselves, they'll see times when they had weighed in and regretted it. When you weigh in and you simply look as goofy and foolish as that guy where they're not necessarily gaining an audience. They're not necessarily swaying a bunch of people. And you've jumped in to defend something. Sometimes that everybody else realizes, "Ah, this guy's crazy. You know, and then all you do is make yourself look bad. You actually kind of ruin your credibility. And I appreciate the way you really put that. These verses are given there to help illustrate that you have a choice to make. They're not there to contradict each other. They're there rooted in reality. Sometimes you do want to answer a fool according to his folly. And then there's times that you don't. Here's the outcomes that are possible in both cases. God has educated you. Now try to make wise choices and then then learn, learn yes. from your experience afterwards.
1: You know, I actually really liked the point you just made about, and I hadn't thought about it exactly like that. You know, maybe somebody who kind of knew better, but this other person is kind of going on in a way that they start to question themselves and they're, maybe they're incorrect or, and, and you weigh in and validate their, their belief. And that they, oh, no, I, I did have this right. You know, Mr. Smith came in and, and contradicted. I don't know. We think of it that clearly in our subconscious. Right? <laughs> right. No, Mr. Smith came in and really explained how this other individual was incorrect. And my my position that I thought was true was right. Do you remember? I don't, this actually goes back a while. And I don't know if they do it anymore. This is back when I listened to Rush Limbaugh. So this is probably like at least 10 years ago. I haven't listened to him. And he was advertising. And I believe it was his. Hillsdale College. Okay. And they had a class that was designed to help you hold on to your, your, uh, so, you know, you have these valid beliefs that you've built up. But what they found was so, so let's say you, you, you know, you're, 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 you're in college, you strongly believe in the Sabbath. But then 10 people set upon you and tell you, oh, you believe in the Sabbath? That's ridiculous. You know, they they Mm, challenge you. Right. And they found that within five minutes, almost everybody abandoned a strongly held position because of the opposition. Really? Wow. Yeah. the, the, The peer group attacking your position like you were stupid really made people unsure and they backed off their
0: positions. So that, because a lot of people would not think they would do that, but you're saying that they found that people were far more vulnerable to the influence of their peer group than, than you would think.
1: Not only did it, it seem, now, I, I don't want to get too much carried away from, uh, you know, I, I think it was one where Rush was actually talking about it but though it was an ad, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's an ad, but he's talking oh, about, right. it okay, ad, right, right, right. but it seemed that not only did nearly everybody did it, but they did it way faster than we <laughs> th- we thought they would. You, know, you might think, okay, sure. You know, over the course of a semester, everybody's getting on me. Maybe they wear me down towards the end of the semester. No, it's like five minutes in the class.
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe Sunday does make sense. Wow. Right. So that in a very brief amount of time, not only can the seed of doubt be planted, but it's already watered a bit and maybe even showing even putting forth some roots
1: yeah. so that that's actually a great example you know some somebody who's beginning to question themselves and you step up, correct somebody who was saying something was foolish I mean foolish has a as a broad definition uh as well, a specific biblical definition that might be the better way of putting it and not only did you stop somebody who was talking foolishly but you you validated people that knew better and, and, and made them actually feel better about their conviction. No, I was right. I did have the right take on this, this other guy. didn't know what he was talking about.
0: Right. Right. Whereas just sitting there in silence, they might've started to doubt, but actually seeing that someone else recognized them saying the same, uh, the same problems. Yeah. A good point. Well, I, I feel like we've answered this one. What do you, what do you think, Mr. Robinson? I,
1: I honestly feel pretty good about this. Uh, maybe when we get, 17 comments on our on our, on our new <laughs> new, new website yeah. saying it's the worst that's the worst uh, explanation yeah. I've heard well, I, I, say, do, yeah, like, that I was, feel good that about that
0: was the worst I actually more confused because you guys talked about it than I was uh, before you read it
1: because like the true answer is really is really very simple when you understand it it's sometimes you you need to act in one way and probably the most of the time the majority of the time you'll you'll act in one way which is don't don't get pulled into a food fight but there is a time you have to make a judgment. And and it's funny. I think about it. You mentioned a, as functioning in the capacity as a minister. I, I really do think of it this way. I've occasionally been surprised to find myself in this situation. And I, and I feel my, what I call the the Levitical hackles rising. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, what are you saying over there? And I feel like I need to, it doesn't happen yeah. very often, but it's actually even a feeling I get a little bit of like, oh, this cannot go unchallenged. And most of the time I really do. I really do let stuff go.
0: Yeah. No, uh, Levitical hackles. I think that's something it's I'll new. need to write down. Quotable right? quote, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I bet a lot of people don't know what those. I had to look that up, what hackles were to make sure it's something I could actually use in public. You know what it is? Do you know what hackles are?
1: I probably don't. is. It's not like – It is. I don't, I don't know.
0: No, it's don't. the like uh, our dog. We used to have a dog with real short hair. But when he would get angry, like dogs do – all the hair would come up, you know, on his back and his neck. And that's, that's what hackles are. So why
1: is it called a hackle? Why doesn't it just say, when I feel the hair standing up at the back of my neck, be rising, maybe because
0: it's dog hair. Mm. I don't. Okay. I admit I'm not a dog lover is going
1: to weigh in here and tell us like, guys, <laughs> <laughs> do you know that's, nothing about the anatomy of a dog?
0: That's the, that's the comment we'll get. It's not, Oh, you know, thank you for that brilliant answer. It's like, what in the world guys, do you even have a dictionary? That's not what hackles are at all. But, uh, Let's 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 move on while we can pretend we still know we know everything. Yes. Thank you for listening. We hope this answer has been helpful, and uh, we look forward to uh, cranking out another one uh, next week. Question number two. <laughs>